0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of After the Storm. This is Hamna. And this is Roja. And in case you couldn't tell, Roja is actually phoning in today. Uh, <laughs> turns out when you're living in two different cities on two very different schedules, things are a bit of a logistical nightmare. So you're just going to have to put up with this for now, I guess. Um, so today in the studio, we have got another very special guest with us. We're on a roll with like having guests on it makes me feel
1: so legit right it does oh my god can I say something about this guest yes like just something small the first time I saw her I was so entranced I was like (laughs) wow I don't know if anyone's seen the vine of that guy just being like completely like taken aback by this one girl after she chugged something and I I was literally that mean I hope you know that (laughs) how does that make you feel Sam I
2: feel like okay. these are really high expectations to maintain for people listening at home. But now no, they're gonna think I'm no. this like rock star.
1: <laughs> but you are, that's the thing. You're a really, <laughs> really person. really are. Oh. Um,
0: so, we've got Sam Dharmasena in the studio today, a.k.a. DJ Roshni. Sam is, well, a DJ and an entrepreneur, and she's just an, an all-around, like, kick-ass person. We're so excited mm-hmm. to chat with her today. Welcome to the show, Sam.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited uh, to be here. Thank you for being here.
0: I'm so <laughs> yeah, glad we're finally making this happen.
2: Yeah, after all these snowstorms, it's a thing.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's It's so bad outside. I'm
1: surprised we're still recording because it's so terrible outside.
0: Okay, so we want to start off today by chatting a little bit about you, Sam. Who are you and what your background is? What led you to becoming an entrepreneur? So just
1: like, Okay, it,
2: <laughs> I guess I'll explain like how I met you guys. I guess that's yeah. part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I met Hamna when we were working together at the University of Guelph because uh, I went to school there. I did my undergrad there. Um, I studied zoology and business thinking I was going to be a vet when I picked those specializations (laughs) and here we are now. Um, but it was fine. Like I really liked both of those things. So I just kept with it even though I wasn't really planning to pursue uh, any vet stuff. Um, but yeah, we met working at, um, student life or student experience, I guess it is now. It was student life back then. So we can call it that. Yeah. That's what I know it Um, and I guess that got me really interested in um sort of like social impact and like social issues
1: mm-hmm.
2: um because like the department i was working for was specifically like around like intercultural um sensitivity and diversity and inclusion those kind of like themes um and creating better experiences for racialized students on campus um so i was like really into that met pamna and like while i was doing that um and then when I graduated, I wanted to do more of that kind of, like, social stuff, I guess. Um, but I could tell, like, working in such a big institution, things move so slowly. So definitely, like, a lot of ideas died while I was, like, working on stuff. Which Oh,
0: I feel that right now. Yeah, oh, like... It's painful.
2: <laughs> it's just, like, kind of, like, comes with that territory if you're going to be in, like, such a big institution. But mm. um, just because, like, I'm, yeah, like, so full of ideas, I had so many things I wanted to do and then like one out of like 50 would happen. Um, and I was wondering like, how could I do more of these things, um, that I would think of and startups and like entrepreneurship felt like a good, um, alternative to like this, like very institutionalized sort of like system I was trying to make change within. Um, so I guess like, that's how I fell into like entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, so when I graduated my undergrad, I did a master's in entrepreneurship and innovation like for that reason of like trying to bridge that like social stuff I was doing and then like like looking at like the avenue of like startups and stuff to right. do it like a, I guess like a, a means to an end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and yeah, near the end of my master's, um, I well, I guess like throughout my master's, I picked up DJing and that was like just a new thing that I started doing. Um, but pretty quickly I could see like there was a lot of, um, it wasn't like a level playing field at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that it was just like, I was hyper aware because I have that like race relations background. So like anything that happens, I'm like, this is why it is the way it is. Or like, these are the repercussions. Like this is why nobody can like, or it's just like harder, um, for like certain groups to like make it in this industry because of like all this like systemic stuff. Um, so I think like just all of the like other things i was doing before when i entered the music industry i was like oh this is like really fucked like i don't know if anyone realizes but this Mm -hmm. is not normal yeah um Mm -hmm. and that led to kind of the creation of solidarity and sound near the end of my master's and then uh, i did like some projects on it because it was an entrepreneurship program um and by the end i decided that this is an actual like opportunity i want to pursue after like outside of like theoretical like school stuff Mm -hmm. um and I guess like here we are a few months after where I'm like basically doing solidarity and sound as a thing
0: it's so cool I think when I think about like masters in school right like my brain doesn't really jump to entrepreneurship and even then social entrepreneurship because um what you're doing is so different from anything else i've seen which is a big reason why i think we wanted to have you on the podcast to share your Mm -hmm. story and the work that you do because it's so unique but we need more representation in every field out there music Mm -hmm. being one of them so yeah it's super cool that Mm -hmm. you're doing the things you are thank you (laughs) um so now that you've kind of led us into, you know, you working your way on towards building Solidarity and Sound, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about what Solidarity and Sound is? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I describe it as being um, an online educational platform specifically um, for the music community and then focusing on, like, equipping women and non-binary folks um, that work in that space. Because uh, I think that just, like, looking at all the different problems in the industry Mm because you can like when you're talking about like gender inequity in music there's like you can take it from like so many different perspectives because like everything is wrong (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so I wanted to like figure out how I could be like the most helpful for that space um like what I should tackle like specifically as me and like the skills that I have and I thought education would be a good place to start um, just kind of what I was saying before of like having that sort of like academic background and like insight. Like you can just mm-hmm. kind of connect dots that like you might not see to the like untrained eye. Yeah. Um, and so uh, what we are hoping to do, because we're still like pre-launch, like we haven't, we're not like exactly what we like hope to be or like plan to be in the future. But um, basically we're building this platform where we bring in, Um, like industry powerhouses that have overcome like certain barriers or like have been through like common experiences related Mm -hmm. to gender inequity and they share their stories and strategies um, with the next generation so that like when we have our like up-and-coming artists negotiating um, their deals and stuff um, because gender will definitely play a part in that like gender Mm -hmm. bias and stuff um, they're not just like doing like trial and error on these very big important decisions and stuff um they have like that insight of like people like when you're assertive you're like people will see you as bitchy and that's how it is but like let's talk to people that have actually like overcome that and like do make those deals like regularly Mm -hmm. um and like see what you can pull from like like how they do things so basically like we're creating these resources um where, like, you have those, like, powerhouses share things in a way that's, like, tangible and you can actually, like, apply it um, to your own, like, scenario. Um, And right now we're thinking of doing that through, like, a video format. Mm -hmm. It's, like, educational Mm -hmm. videos. So if you're familiar with, like, Linda or, like, anything like that.
0: Yeah.
2: It's kind of, like, the same thing. Like, you pay to learn something. um, But, like, obviously, like, more fun than Linda because that's very, like, it's very, like, professional and, like, office kind of thing
0: yeah i haven't used it but i've heard of it it's just like professional skills for the workplace right yeah it's so like, like that.
2: i use linda a lot when i had access to it like as a student
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and it's really helpful um but it would have to be like tailored a little bit differently to like of the music community yeah. um but that's kind of like what we're getting at is like sharing those kind of insights um sort of like a virtual like speaker series mm-hmm. uh but in a like tangible way because i feel like right. i've been to a lot of speaker series where it's just like storytelling yeah um and there's like a place for that but Mm. I feel like you can't have only that it's trying to like fill that gap
0: that's incredible the way that you're Mm -hmm. able to like kind of pick out where the gaps are and work towards filling those with all of it working towards empowering a whole new generation of artists and women and non-binary folks in music so super cool to hear that Roja do you have anything to add
1: yeah I just wanted to just because I think it would be a seamless transition point but um, as a woman of color working in this industry, um, how would you describe, like, if you face the barriers you face or even if you face any of them or just getting started? Because I think, um, first of all, what I think from being a woman of color, mm-hmm. moving to this industry, I it's really hard for me to even just compute like yeah. <laughs> the culture aspect of it even the barriers mm-hmm. you might face coming
2: so how is that journey in itself uh i think there's pros and cons for sure um so it's definitely not like all bad and like awful um because mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like that but mm-hmm. like when you reflect i think that there's like good things too but um yeah it's a very like cutthroat very boys club i'm assuming we were talking about music by the way and not yeah. entrepreneurship yeah. although it's, it's very connected <laughs> yeah um there's a lot of like similarities but um yeah it's like very cutthroat very um like boys club kind mm-hmm. of vibe it can feel lonely sometimes i felt like it felt lonelier at the beginning because i was mm-hmm. djing and like these like small university towns where like there's not much of a music scene so you're like mm-hmm. mo- like the there's only so many women only right. so many women of color <laughs> like
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: just like the chances of running into someone that kind of identifies similarly to you is really rare in those scenarios yeah. um but then I think when I started connecting with people in Toronto a bit more, that changed completely. Just be- yeah. it's like it's a numbers game, so there's just like more right. people. But so I don't feel like lonely anymore. But I think at the beginning, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a it's a happy story. <laughs> um, but I think at the beginning, like I was like started off DJing in Kingston, mm-hmm. and like if you know yeah. anything about Kingston, it's like super small. That's
1: what I was super gonna small. Ask That did you originally start in Kingston? Because that might have been a trip and a half.
2: Yeah. So like I. <laughs> I started actually, like, creating parties and, like, promoting parties and stuff before even DJing. because, um, like, a few friends of mine, um, we just, like, couldn't find the kind of sound that we wanted to party to.
0: Oh, I feel that. We need to do, the, start mm-hmm. doing that around here.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, like, we really, like, like listening to, like, Afrobeat, dance hall, mm-hmm. those kind of, like, global sounds. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends are also international students, um, so like we're always like that's
0: where that influence is coming in from right yeah
2: so we're always just like complaining how like we have and we had a lot of free time in our masters because it's very like self-directed so you make your own schedule and of Mm -hmm. course like we made it so that we're free at night to like hang out but there wasn't really like anywhere to go so that led to us like creating I guess like event series or like a party series Mm -hmm. then I started DJing but our actually everyone that worked I think with us on that party series in terms of like um, the DJ before I was like hopping on the decks, um, mm-hmm. and like our photographers and everyone, they were like women of color, which was really cool. Wow. But it was like, like there was, it was just like all of us. Like it wasn't like there everyone was, like, else was white. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like it wasn't like, there was like another group of girls that were like doing something like this yeah. somewhere else, like mm-hmm. in the city. Um, it was just like, us. so it was still felt like very lonely. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you only have like yeah. the four people, um, But, yeah, it was, like, definitely interesting to, like, start in Kingston. I I also do think there's, like, pros in the sense that, like, um, because I was, when I started actually DJing, there was, like, there's only so many dance hall DJs you can choose from in a city like Mm -hmm. that. So it's kind of, like, you're at the top of people's mind.
0: Yeah, it almost gives you an advantage there when there's not that many other people around, right?
2: Yeah, or, like, even getting our party series started, like, there was nobody else that, like was doing that so mm-hmm. the venue owners even though they didn't know us they were like oh yeah. yeah like you could do your thing like no one else is gonna do it you know that's true
0: yeah so that's yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it too i guess right yeah
2: it's definitely not like black and white at all there's a lot of like really great things that came out of it um but a lot of like other things you had to like suffer through mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. but the yeah moral of the story is that i'm not lonely anymore
0: yay so yay! <laughs> friendship
2: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um now like especially being in toronto like there's mm-hmm. such a strong sense of like solidarity within like the women of color like the women here mm-hmm. um and like i'm speaking specifically from like a dj perspective right like i've just like come across like so many really amazing women that will advocate for you mm-hmm. and like should, like recommend you for things yeah um so- that really helps
0: How did you come around? So going from like Kingston, Guelph to Toronto, how do you even get started? You know, where did you start meeting all these other women that are working in the industry and like Mm -hmm. making those connections? How did that come about?
2: Um, So during my master's, I was doing an internship downtown, like in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's this thing called intercessions. I'm like the biggest fan of this workshop series. I Mm -hmm. think it's so valuable um and basically they uh it's like an artist-run workshop i guess or like seminar and so they bring in different um like well-known like notable djs mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. sometimes in toronto sometimes like like just from the world like outside
1: right
2: um and so they put on this series or like this workshop uh, specifically to bring more like women and queer djs into the scene um, and it's just a, like more inclusive space to like explore DJing and music production because um, like those spaces specifically in music are like super like dude bro kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. So to even just like go to workshops and stuff or like to pick up like DJ lessons if it's like a group lesson or something mm-hmm. you're like it's just you and like a bunch of dudes and oh, that's wow. really discouraging sometimes yeah. depending on like <laughs> like how you react to that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. so yeah they put on this workshop series and it's usually free and or it's like recommended um donation of like five bucks or something like they keep right. it very accessible like there's mm-hmm. you can just email them and be like i don't have the like financial means to come um and they'll like figure it out for you mm-hmm. um and yes yeah, so you get to work with these like really amazing djs and th- there's equipment um that's like donated by i, th- by I think longa and McQuaid and you just get to like practice and like like do all this like just like learn a bunch of stuff
0: that's amazing
2: um so yeah like I started going to those uh I guess like a year ago like February 2018 Mm -hmm. um and I think at that point I already had learned how to DJ um just like on my own but I didn't have the like I hadn't like DJed in front of anybody like not even like gigs or anything but just like literally like no one had heard me DJ kind of thing (laughs) Um, so this workshop was a really good like stepping stone for me because um it was just like really informal but like there's Mm -hmm. still other people around listening um so kind of like got me like over that
0: it was like almost like baby steps right to building mm -hmm. up the confidence to actually start doing I think
1: just like going off of that it's so important to have these spaces available because just um the fact that people might not be in your field that you want to go into that's such a discouraging thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of young kids get like scared, right? That no one looks like me in this field or no Mm -hmm. one is there to mentor me. Um, How can I succeed? And I think it's just like for all walks of life, it's so important to have like these mentorships or workshops or spaces available um, that at least recognize that, you know what, um,
2: everyone yeah i
1: guess just can I make mean, carve their own space and there is there are people available to help out
2: yeah because like the first workshop i went to in february um the instructor like there's like usually like two or three instructors for each like event that they hold and
0: mm-hmm. one of
2: them i was like chatting with her at the end
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and i was just like at that point i was still doing the parties in kingston and so i was like oh i could literally book myself as a dj i'm just like Nervous, and yeah. so I asked her for advice, and then um, from there we just kind of kept in touch, because uh, I actually like took her advice and did the party like the next time it came around, um, and so now we've like known each other for like basically a year, and we have like like an actual like friendship, and like we collaborate and stuff on things. Like there's actually like something tangible like that's yeah, come out of yeah. that, like a real like connection. Um, so it's like super important to have like spaces like that, because like from there. Um, I made a connection, and then like every other time I go- would go to those workshops, you'd meet other people, and mm-hmm. then over time, it's like like now like I just went to one recently, and it was like almost going to like a reunion. Like you just like oh. see all these like random like friends that you've made along the mm-hmm. way. Um, And, yeah, it's, like, all because, like, there's spaces like that. Otherwise, we would probably never cross paths.
0: (laughs) Right. And I feel like you must also do a lot in terms of chipping away any self-doubt you might have, right?
2: Yeah, because I think also um, it's really interesting now um, when I, like, meet people just, like, whenever I meet people just in life and explain kind of, like, what I do, um there's usually like the initial reaction is like oh i've never met like a, a you know female dj or like a brown girl that's a dj or something
0: i've mm-hmm. oh, come to think of it like i don't know anybody apart from you
2: yeah and so that's kind of like the general opinion of like just the public but for me like i know tons of like brown girls at dj and like and not even just like now like they've like been around you know mm-hmm. like they're like yeah. established and yeah. stuff um so i think that at the beginning, like, you feel like it's just you. But mm-hmm. then when you're, like, getting to know the scene a bit more, you realize, right. like, there's actually, like, a lot of people that look like me. And that's super validating as well. So, yeah. But um, you it takes some time to, like, find them or, like, even find out that they exist. Maybe social media changes yeah. that now. but That's yeah. true. That's the other thing. I
1: was just going to add, the other day I saw, um, like, a post on your Solidarity and Sound page. And I think you were gone to a high school. And you were probably oh, conducting no. a workshop there. And that just made me so happy because, mm-hmm. like, all these kids, they have, like, a positive role model to look up to and someone that looks like them. Like, I'm just thinking back to my high school experience. And I was like, if I had someone mm-hmm. that came into, into my high school and looked like me, maybe perhaps I could have chosen, like, a different stream to go into. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, that was so nice.
2: It's like another thing I do. Um, so, like, I do my DJ stuff, I do solidarity and sound, um, mm-hmm. but I also work for this, uh, I guess, like youth program called Math Through Music. And basically, they go to different schools across the greater Toronto area mm-hmm. and they teach like math concepts through DJing. So, oh, like,
0: wow, what? That's yeah. So- Sick. Oh
2: it's really God. fun. Um, Wait,
0: can you give an example like what math concept? Please. This is so
1: cool. So, Open my world, to.
2: <laughs> so like music, just like any kind of music is very mathematical. Um, mm-hmm. And so the difference with DJing is just that like everything is – on the screen so it's easy to like make that connection instead of like musical notes or something like that right um and then specifically with djing when you mix songs like you want to have songs that are similar tempo like beats per minute um right so like you can have songs that are like say like 50 beats per minute Mm -hmm. and matching them is really easy because they're the same um but then if you do fractions and stuff you can do a song that's like 50 beats per minute and 100 because technically Mm -hmm. it's just like twice as fast yeah um so you can like match up the beats and then then you're okay. you can mix properly yeah. um and it'll be like really seamless so that's like a way you teach like i guess fraction, fractions and like there's different things oh, cool. that's yeah. so
0: amazing
2: um so they do like sometimes they do assemblies sometimes they do like regular like dj club kind of things um so the one that i help out with that you guys would probably see on instagram it's like straight up just dj club so there's mm-hmm. no math in that one it's just like students learning how to DJ and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, like, when they learn, like, they would have, like, had to understand the math behind it. It's just not as, like, in your face, like, we're learning math today kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I've been working with them since November. Um, It's been really fun. The kids are great. They're so much fun. Um, So I do mostly high school but some middle school stuff, and I just basically, like, listen to them when they're, like, practicing and just Mm -hmm. give them, like, pointers or just... We can talk about other stuff too. Like if they have just like things going on in their life, they they want to talk about. Like that's a good time to just, like, bounce ideas around.
0: I'm so proud of you, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. literally, Sam. I know. So amazing. So cool. um, I was going to say, Roja, when you were talking about the fact that, you know, it's important to have this, this representation, one thing my brain jumped to was also the cultural lens. Yeah. right? So <laughs> growing up. Right. I mean, right now it's you know, you're finding more and more DC people in the music industry and it's so cool to see them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from just like, you know, people that are putting out songs and things like that, DJs and social entrepreneurs like yourself is also really cool because it's not something you would immediately think of career wise, but it exists. It's there. There's a space for it. And like for, you know, for kids that are young and are wanting to do something different around in within the music industry, it's such a cool option. And it's so great that you're engaging with kids and like showing them that, you know, if they're, like, people of color as well, showing them, that like, hey, like, you can do this too because it's so important to see yourself reflected in, you know, what you see in media.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of, like, notorious for making random connections to, like, jobs in music. So, like, <laughs> I was... um There was, like, this little girl that came to my house um for, like, a family thing, and she... She must be, like, five or something, and, but she's saying she wants to be a lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um And... At the time, I think I was, like, connecting with someone just, like, for solidarity and sound that represents, like, artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's, like, an entertainment lawyer. And so when this little girl was like, oh, I want to go into law. I want to go to law school. And I was like, well, like, who's your favorite artist? And she said, like, I don't know, she said someone, like, Lady Gaga or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, Lady Gaga will need lawyers. So if you ever, like, if you want to do that, like, that job exists in music. And no one makes that connection. Um, But people don't realize like a lot of jobs like you can still do that within the industry yeah even if you don't want to do something like djing or like making beats and stuff right um there's like so much more there's room for
0: so much that you don't realize when you're in high school right like i wish i'd known about all the options that were out there because you think Mm -hmm. that the world is so limited in terms of career options but it really isn't yeah For somebody that's an entrepreneur you literally carve your own path out
2: Yeah, so like whenever I, especially now that I'm in these schools, I always like ask everyone like, so like, what do you want to do after like middle school or after high school or just in life? And Mm -hmm. I usually spin it to be like, well, that connects to the music industry in like this way or that. And you should think about it.
1: Um, I'm just thinking of all the careers that are available, yet we only know five.
2: Honestly, yeah. Are you going to jump
1: ship? (laughs) It's never too late. (laughs) Uh, brand managing, here I come. Hell yeah. Also, it's always so very interesting how we, all three of us, are from like hard science backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah. like, I just made that connection.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. A different question for you, Sam. What did your parents think about your jump from like science and zoology Ooh, I wanted to, to ask music? About that,
2: yes. Yeah, I feel like this is like my number one asked question. <laughs> yeah,
1: brown parents, you know, they're yeah. they can I'm be difficult.
2: To, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying
1: to find ways to make it easier for my parents. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah,
2: you need she, ideas. She's got
1: a personal agenda here. So. That's fine. I support it. <laughs> Hi, mom. I want to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah.
2: please help. Um. So, my parents, I should, like, give them credit. Like, they're pretty, um, I don't know if liberal is the right word, but they're very open to things. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what liberal, mm-hmm. like, literally means. But, um. so I guess, like, I had it easier than maybe, like, other parents would. They were mm-hmm. still very much, like, they had all the rules and, like, stuff like that, and they were still right. very shocked when I was, like, even when I was, like, throwing parties, like, not even DJing. Right.
0: Um.
2: I was, like, oh, like, I got this, like, new job while I i'm doing my masters and they're Mm -hmm. like oh great like what is it yeah i was like i'm throwing parties (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah like transitioning that to be like now i dj my parties yeah um was like still not like the best like you know the greatest conversation to have but Mm -hmm. it definitely helps that they're still kind of like open to it i think that we've built a lot of trust over the years of like Mm -hmm. um like, my parents didn't go to university, so a lot right. of, like, my experience in university is just, like, literally me trial and, and error. And, yeah. like, mm-hmm. thankfully, it was good. Like, I learned what I needed to learn and stuff. Um, but I think that it's always been sort of, like, we can only do so much for you um, mm-hmm. that, like, you're going to have to, like, figure this stuff out, and we'll yeah. support, like, however we can or like, whatever you tell us you need us to do. Um, so it's always kind of been like that they haven't been yeah. like like helping me pick courses and stuff and like right. always hovering like it's very much been me like I mm-hmm. hope I did it right like <laughs>
0: shout out to your parents that's really cool that they're giving you that space to figure yourself out and yeah pursue your interests right
2: yeah because I'm sure it's also really tempting as parents to like even if they don't know what the answer to just be like well like let me like tell them what I think they should do mm-hmm. um but I think they were pretty good at giving me the space to like make those decisions yeah. um so I think when like all of this like music stuff came along it was sort of like well she's been like doing like pretty well so far just yeah. like figuring things out so like if this is what she wants to like add to that like list of things mm-hmm. then we'll at least like see what happens I, yeah Yeah they I didn't like one... shut it down
1: <laughs> I was just gonna add to that I think also what I've noticed with like a lot of um I guess immigrant parents mm. I don't or like uh parents of color <laughs> um uh, is that if they saw, see that oh this field has like financial security I think at that point they're like okay no this is actually they'll be more open mm. to exploring it yeah like,
2: like that's one thing that I found which is yeah it's definitely a thing and it's also interesting because like I feel like music is notorious for like financial insecurity yeah, <laughs> and <say>. like instability <laughs> Um and yeah, so when I think of like telling them about that stuff at the beginning, um there's definitely kind of like questions around that, like how is this gonna be a hobby or is this gonna be like can you make money or like yeah, what does yeah. that look like? Um and also but my parents are also very like musically inclined. Like they both they I don't know, they're like my dad like plays instruments and he sings and stuff and my mom just kind of like being married to him has mm-hmm. also picked up singing and right. stuff um they're like
0: that's super cool
2: it's basically like hardcore karaoke (laughs) but um just like growing up in a household like that um even though they weren't like super down for the dj stuff they were still they could appreciate like the art of it and like that made it easier to have that conversation um so like that's definitely also like a thing that played into everything um but i was gonna say something else um oh yeah financial insecurity and stuff Mm -hmm. um i think so i i'm with a booking agency now um which i wasn't obviously at the beginning Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um but it happened like pretty like early on i guess um so when that happened i was doing like corporate gigs and more of like things in the daytime Mm -hmm. which and it's also like corporate checks which is way better than anything in nightlife yeah um and so I think they felt a lot better about it then Mm -hmm. they were definitely kind of like pushing me to be like like what if you did like weddings like
1: right because
2: it is like financially secure yeah um and also just like it's an easier thing to like I guess like talk to other Sri Lankans about it, to be like oh yeah my daughter okay, she's like yeah. she only DJs weddings like right, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't yeah. go to the club
0: <laughs> yeah they don't wanna they don't wanna yeah. make those connections of their daughter going out at night being at parties mm-hmm. things like that yeah I feel like that's such a big thing in D.C. culture right
2: yeah so I think that the booking agency definitely helped in terms of like um, there's actual like contracts in place there's like a structure in a way that there isn't in like nightlife mm-hmm. um, and that kind of, like, got them off my back a little bit. Not Wha- that they were, like, super, like, controlling, but, yeah. yeah.
0: Was it almost like it gave it gave them more credit – or it gave you more credibility in their yeah. eyes?
2: Yeah, because right. they're like, well, she's actually, like, making money and, yeah. like, we can talk about it and not feel, mm-hmm. like, dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that helps. And then um, definitely, like, every once in a while, there's still the conversation that happens is, like – um Like, what if you just, like, gave up all the nightlife stuff and just, like, just do your booking agency stuff or, like, more (laughs) things like that, right? Um, Like, even though they're very open and, like, into it, um, Mm -hmm. that's still, like, a thing that happens every once in a while, Um, which is fair. I guess it's a tempting, like, conversation to have.
0: Exactly. I think there's only so much, Mm -hmm. you know, so much change you can make.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't, like, mind those conversations because I realize, like, probably how hard it is for them to, like, bite their tongue the rest of the time. Yeah um but that like the booking agency stuff and and all of that definitely made it easier for my parents to like like i guess like accept that Mm -hmm. side of thing um that side of like it Um, side of your work (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and they're also very like like a lot of like immigrant parents they're they um they show that they care through like their actions rather than words Mm -hmm. yeah um so like my dad like being like this musician that he is he has a lot Mm -hmm. of like AV equipment so if I ever need to like bring speakers or stuff to a gig um I can just kind of rummage through our like basement sort of like AV like I don't know paradise yeah (laughs) um and so he'll like at the beginning like I had no idea like what the wires were like any of Mm -hmm. that I just knew like when everything's set up, like, I knew what to do kind of yeah. thing. Um, so he was, like, really helpful in, like, just teaching me, like, what all the wires do and, like, what I need um, and, like, lending me things or, like, driving to Longham McQuaid to pick up things that were missing, like, making time for that kind mm-hmm. of thing, even though they weren't, like, super stoked that yeah. this is what I'm doing um but if you're like driving me to long and at like they're yeah yeah they're
0: supporting you that's that's really beautiful to hear
2: yeah so it's a lot of stuff like that or like there was a time i was doing these gigs in lake simcoe at this like resort and it's like three hours away from like where we live um and my parents would drive me there
0: that's so nice
2: yeah so my gig was like yeah it was like i think i was like booked for maybe like nine to midnight or something it was Mm -hmm. like a bar at a resort um but it's like more of a restaurant like sit down thing um and so i think i had suggested that they i think i said i could get there on my own but if they could pick me up at like midnight or whatever um because there's like trains close to lake simcoe but Mm -hmm. at midnight like that's not really what i want to be doing um and so my Like, the reason I said that is because I didn't want them to just, like, chill during my gig in Lake yeah. Simcoe. Um, but then they would, like, do it. So they that's would so drop nice, me off. Yeah. They found a Casino Rama nearby, just, like, Amazing. had their own adventure and then would yeah. just, like, come back by the time my gig was done. Um, but that's, like, basically your whole day that's is gone. That's a lot of
0: support. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, is... it's, it's a big commitment. And shout out to your parents for doing that.
2: Yeah. So they're...
0: um
1: I'm going to try to combine two questions into one. Um, But basically, I wanted to ask uh, what social entrepreneurship means to you and then your next goal for solidarity and sound.
2: I feel like I would define social entrepreneurship as being um, solving a social problem through business. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think a lot of times we'll like solve it through other things like the way nonprofits operate is like not business but like I don't know just like other formats
0: it's a different model right yeah Yeah.
2: um but I would say that they're usually unstable and like dependent on like donors and things like that yeah um so which is why like I find social entrepreneurship to be really um I guess like intriguing and Mm -hmm. why I was interested in it because like if you set up a good business model um it just can go on forever right y- like if you set it that up that way yeah
0: because mm-hmm. you're not
2: dependent on these like other factors that could have like conflict of interest or like or like you're not dependent on government grants because yeah. we know that those are going to shit right now Yikes. Um, thanks for nothing Ford. yeah like i think especially now like that's a really big factor um of why like maybe social entrepreneurship is how we solve those things because mm-hmm. then it's just dependent on like things that we can kind of control yeah. compared to like irrational decisions. Um and then <laughs> yeah. It's like I have a lot of feelings about this particular topic.
0: Can we can we do a whole other session ranting about the government?
2: Oh, I say no that would more. Be
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Please. Um to answer your second question, it was what's the next goal for Solidarity and stuff? Yeah,
0: style? where do you see cis going?
2: Yeah. Uh I was talking to Hamna earlier about how like so many like random opportunities come up um for sis that it's hard to sort of plan it just because like like i have like a general like high level like idea of like what i want to do in like the next like few years but so many like little random new things come up that i end up like kind of working into that original plan um mm-hmm. they have to they happen often enough that it's like like it's making plans is difficult because everything's like different like the next month in a good way but right um Mm -hmm. but in terms of like short-term things we're hosting our very first community event which i'm really excited about um that's amazing yeah so we started promoting it literally today um but it's just uh, a space for different folks in the industry to come and chat about different issues around gender inequity in music it's for international women's day um yeah and so it's um the idea is that we you have people like work in teams to come up with a solution to like a particular problem that we're looking at Mm -hmm. um that will like pose to them at the event and then the winning idea is actually implemented by solidarity and sounds there's something yeah so there's like tangible (laughs) things that come out of the event um if the winning team decides that they want to pursue it as their own thing like all the power to them and we'll support like however it makes sense but Mm -hmm. for people that are literally just coming for like something fun to do for the day and don't want that kind of like long-term commitment (laughs) yeah which is totally fair um then we'll make sure that their idea comes to life um and they can just sort of advise or like do something along those lines um but i think it'll be really great um for the community and for people to like network in a different way that's more like collaborative and natural like rather than just like shaking hands and like I don't know, listening to each other's music.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I think it's it kind of forces those connections and conversations through working on something instead of awkwardly yeah. being like, hi, mm-hmm. here's my business card. Yeah.
2: And so we've uh, so we just started like promoting it to the public. Mm-hmm. But through planning, we've been speaking to like our industry leaders that are judging the ideas that come out of that event um, and sponsors that are supporting us. And we've had really good um, feedback and like reception so far, so I'm really excited to see how just the general public, um, I guess, reacts to our like event. Yeah, so. I'm excited
0: to hear about how it yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. I won't good be here in March, but yeah, I'm, thank you. Oh, I'm. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it.
2: Yeah, we're going to document it a lot, so we'll have, like, videos and pictures and stuff.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) Also, I really enjoy the cis Instagram stories you guys post. Yay! Uh, The (laughs) one, Roha, I don't know if you saw it, but it was on daytime raves in the Mm -hmm. Daisy community in the UK, which I was like, yes! Like, that's so cool.
2: Yeah, and, like, I noticed a lot of the DJs at the daytime raves were brown women in like the 80s and that's so cool so
1: amazing yeah
2: yeah so cool. I may
1: have deactivated my Instagram but I still stock solidarity
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my
0: gosh
1: that's hilarious
2: I love it
0: (laughs) um going back to you were talking about social entrepreneurship seems really cool and super important for people like us people from minority backgrounds to take on right because Mm -hmm. it's problem solving with like a business model essentially and I think for people from diverse backgrounds to actually take on tackle these problems I think inherently because of your identity you bring in a different lens that isn't that may not already be available in you know the mainstream industry so it's really Mm -hmm. incredible that you're doing this with your lens as an immigrant woman of color Um, and I'm so excited for everything that's going to come out of this for you
2: yeah, and I think also a lot of times um, projects that we put on as people of color uh, or women, it's often immediately thought to be like nonprofit or mm-hmm. like people of color, it's ghettoized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people have a hard time seeing us as being like an actual like consumer base. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's really like I encourage a lot of like, i don't know people of color like different communities to consider entrepreneurship rather than being like just jumping into like the nonprofit world yeah just because like there's definitely a lot of like bias around like who has money and like i think right and i right, right. like i do this too like i forget that like we have money like you know yeah. like we have yeah. buying power like purchasing power
0: absolutely um mm-hmm.
2: and so yeah i think that when we are like making those decisions around like social entrepreneurship, it's really powerful to change that as well.
0: Yeah. And I think people will always be spending money. This, this topic actually takes me back to our pilot episode where we taught, we were talking about um, a music show that we went to, where Alice least was performing. And one of the things I remember talking about was the fact that like, yes, I'm a broke student, but I will, you know, when I see art, I will still give my money to that because I think, you make a very conscious decision to buy music to go to concerts and go to movies you're paying for all of that right so if there are more options for music and art that you resonate with then i think people will pay for that
2: yeah yeah like you can put on um like a musical showcase or something and you can charge for cover or something Mm -hmm. like we don't have to do things for free yeah like definitely like we should do some things for free like like don't be like super capitalist about it
0: i think it's about finding a balance exactly. right? because at the yeah. end of the day people need income yeah organizations need to make money um but in a way that's also accessible to folks so yeah
2: and i definitely. yeah i think that's the beauty of social entrepreneurship in a nutshell basically yeah <laughs>
0: uh, well thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us today sam this has been amazing i'm so inspired by everything you do
2: oh jeez. <laughs> thank you oh, i appreciate likewise. that
0: <laughs> <Likewise>. yeah <laughs> Roja's, like, plotting about her stand-up career now and how she's going to start. Do it. I'll DJ that. all your
2: gigs. I'm not
1: even... Roja, not there even you that. go. I'm just like,
0: wow. Oh. Please.
2: Oh It'll be like... Yeah, you You have to.
0: Are we peer-pressuring you into this now? You peer-pressured me for my
1: first routine. Oh, true. I but did. But did you like it? Did you have fun? <laughs> i mean i had fun so there i'm basically your
0: unofficial manager i'll be taking a 10 percent cut
1: please and thank you dude you totally distracted me i was just like when sam's next party when i like go to the next event sam is djing yeah like that's what was going through my headspace
0: and then i started stressing you
1: out yeah i do that a lot because like over here it's like Roha, it's just a hobby, right? Roha, it's just a phase,
0: right? <laughs> no, Mom, it's not. We're gonna legitimize this. Yes. Please. Cool. Um I think that wraps it up for us. I'm gonna Thank skedaddle. You for Sam with has us to go Sam. too. Yeah.
1: Anytime. Thanks, oh Sam. God, Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.